Despite having some of the best medical assets in the world, the United States lags behind other high-income countries on important health outcomes, and access to basic care is out of reach for many people. Although health professionals are an indispensable part of any health system, policies set the terms under which professionals can provide high-quality care at a price that patients and society can afford. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Eric Schneider, Senior Vice President for Policy and Research at the Commonwealth Fund and a member of the journal's Perspective Advisory Board. Dr. Schneider has written a Perspective article outlining the features and flaws of the U.S. healthcare system as an introduction to the journal's new series on the fundamentals of U.S. health policy. Dr. Schneider, what would you say practicing physicians tend not to know or understand about the U.S. healthcare system? And how would having more knowledge of health policy help them in their work? I think the challenge for most practicing physicians is that they directly see many of the strengths of our systems, the science that we have to bring to bear, medical surgical care can deliver some of the best in the world, innovations in diagnostics and treatments, our training programs are among the best in the world. But what's less obvious is what's happening to the population, not entirely invisible to most practicing physicians, is that many Americans have worse health outcomes than we see in other countries, that the access to care is a challenge, and it's not ideal for many of the people that we treat, and that there's unequal treatment. And I think that also may be not as obvious to people, but we know from many studies that people don't receive equal care because of race, ethnicity, poverty, whether they're rural residents, immigrants, gender and sexual orientation. And so some of those things are visible, some not so visible to the average practicing physician. So then in turn, what do most policymakers need to understand better about healthcare and the way it operates? I think that the challenge for policymakers is to figure out how to create the resources and the incentives in the system that would address those problems. The U.S. healthcare system is unusual in that about half of it is financed through public sources, government sources, federal and state government. The other half is funded through private sources, insurance companies, and out-of-pocket. And the way those two different financing streams interact with one another can create some of the problems we see, public hospitals that are underfunded, populations that don't receive ideal service, while there's other populations and other hospitals have copious resources available to buy new technology, invest in care. And we're seeing this, especially in the pandemic, a sort of split screen almost of the experience of Black and Latinx populations compared to white populations in various parts of the country. So you write in your perspective article that American healthcare is inequitable, as you're just now saying, and that the costs of care are increasingly intolerable. So how did we end up with the system we've got? Yeah, it's a great question. And just on those costs, we're nearing $4 trillion in spending and potentially 20% of our gross domestic product devoted to healthcare. That's twice what other high-income countries spend. There have been many drivers of the escalating costs over time. Actually, if you look back to the 1970s, we were not so far out of line with other countries on spending on healthcare. But since then, I think we've seen the pricing in particular of medical care just surge compared to what other countries pay. There's a famous article called It's the Price is Stupid, and really that does seem to account for a big part of the surge. There are some other factors. There's been a lot of consolidation in the healthcare industry that enables negotiating higher prices between hospitals and clinics and commercial insurers. We have a very high-tech approach in healthcare. We tend to invest more in technologies and specialists than other countries do. And all of those things have tended to drive the escalating costs. So how could we be getting better quality and more value for our money? 
if we're spending twice as much as other high-income countries, for all the reasons you just listed, where's the answer? So I think there too, policymakers can be helpful. So a key challenge is to figure out how to better, I'll use the word regulate prices, but to somehow slow the growth of prices. And it doesn't have to be through direct regulation. There are certainly proposals to increase competition in the system, to connect rates of growth and spending to rate regulation in certain circumstances where there's really no effective competition. So there are some ways that we could change the incentives that would prevent the growth of costs. The other solutions people have looked to are increasing the availability of primary care and preventive care, which over time can help improve the health of the population. And as we pointed out in an earlier perspective, the U.S. has invested less in social spending on childcare, unemployment insurance, education, and other social services that actually could lead the population to be healthier and reduce the demand for care for chronic diseases and other issues that arise later in life. What do you see as the potential for private markets to be used to increase quality and value in healthcare? And what are the limitations of those private markets? So one challenge in private markets is where there's inadequate competition. It leads to some price inflation, but there are also challenges in terms of setting the rates that are paid for services. It's easy to set rates in such a way that clinicians and hospitals deliver services that may have lower value. So policymakers have been interested over the last decade in trying to bring more cost-effectiveness analysis to bear to look at value-based payment models where there would not be an incentive to provide as many services or to over-provide certain kinds of services. So there's a lot that has been experimented with by the federal government and the states over the past decade in terms of these value-based payment models that could slow the growth of costs, but also improve the quality of care. We really need more incentives in the system that recognize when high-quality care is being delivered and can reward clinicians for delivering that high-quality care. So finally, you've just mentioned potential government incentives. What beyond that do you see as the next steps for government-based solutions that could help address issues of cost, quality, equity in U.S. healthcare? What's the potential role of the government as opposed to the private markets? So government's role in many ways is to try to deal with places where the market fails. That could include better enforcement of antitrust or better regulation of mergers. So although much of the system is already fairly consolidated, there are ways to enhance competition in the system. But I think that we're lucky in that there's no shortage of policy proposals out there. People have talked about going to an entire government system. I don't think that's in the cards for the U.S. at this point. But certainly proposals like creating public option insurers that can compete and moderate the costs of care, either at the state level or at the federal level, would be helpful. So moving the system toward a universal coverage where everyone carries insurance can be very helpful because if everyone is in the insurance pool, then we don't have the problem of uninsured patients who we're obligated to provide care for, but it can be costly to provide care if people haven't been part of the system, haven't received the sort of preventive care that could have averted problems later. The other role, I think, for government is directly in helping to support more efficient forms of care through technology. The electronic health record was one innovation. Rolling that out a decade ago, it's been controversial and has been challenging for the system. But we actually now have a digital health information 
capability that didn't exist 10 years ago and moving more in that direction could reduce some of the administrative complexity and red tape. I think actually a role for government now is to try to reduce some of the administrative burdens that have been created around some of the quality measurement systems, the uh, information technology systems that have come into play over the last two decades. So there are several ways that government could intervene to help us improve the quality of care, improve access to care, and ultimately lead to better health outcomes. Thank you, Dr. Schneider. We'll look forward to the rest of this series.